And now, The Mentors Radio, one of the most popular and unique shows on the air today. Here each week, remarkable CEOs and leaders, including host Tom Laurie and Dan Hesse, and their guests will mentor you, challenging your thinking about life and work. Sought after for their ethical leadership and advice, and for helping others succeed throughout their careers, now these same CEOs, the mentors, want to help you achieve your highest level of profitability, success, and personal fulfillment in life, at work, and in business. Learn more and check out the show notes at TheMentorsRadio.com. That's TheMentorsRadio.com. And now, here's your mentor. Welcome. I'm Tom Laurie, and I'll be your host today. Thank you for joining us. COVID and, the, and its politicization has led to a public examination of science and its role in society, exposing a deep misunderstanding of what the scientific process is and what science is. The public, by both public and significant influencers of public opinion, including the administrative state, politicians, and the media. Today, our guest mentor is Professor Justin Stebbing, who is coming to us from London. He is a professor of biomedical sciences at ARU Cambridge and a visiting professor at Imperial College, where he has an active and widely known translational laboratory. He has authored over 700 peer-reviewed papers in journals, including The Lancet, the New England Journal of Medicine. He has a global reputation with his work in cancer research and COVID and serves as the co-chief editor of Nature's Cancer Publication, Oncogene. Today, we're going to talk about the excitement and rewards of a STEM career, science, technology, engineering, and math, the life of a scientist, Justin's journey to becoming a world-renowned clinician and scientist, and what's going on today in cancer therapy and treating COVID and its variants. Justin, thank you very much for taking the time to join me today. Really appreciate it. Such a pleasure, Tom. Thanks so much for having me on your great show. Well, let's get started. Since science has really taken center stage since COVID, what what is science and what is the scientific method? I mean, everyone's running around saying science is settled, but I think there's a different answer to that. I mean, despite its politicization, to me, Science is about trying to uncover the truth, trying to understand processes, correlations, and importantly, network effects and causation. So the influence, for example, on A to B. So we know, for example, that the virus that causes COVID-19, SARS-CoV-2 needs to be present. We know vaccinations prevent hospitalizations and death. And we can understand how this happens at a cellular level, an epidemiologic level, a molecular level, but ask questions of data. So for example, everyone has an opinion about science, but I'm very driven by data. People often say, what do I think? And I say, well, this is the data you decide. So to me, science is about producing data to further our knowledge. And when things are published in peer-reviewed articles, how are peer-reviewed articles different from other articles? What is? Tell us about the process. I don't think people really understand that. So let's say I have a hypothesis and there's different types of science. So one is hypothesis generating where I'm asking questions and one is hypothesis driven where I'm trying to find the answer to questions. The un- an analogy would be a fishing expedition. So a fisherman could cast a wide net. That's hypothesis generating. But if you pull up a fish, trying to ask what the fish is, is hypothesis driven. But once you've written your hypotheses, whether they're generative or driven, and performed experiments to try and validate them, What you do is you write them up in a journal. Now, the journal, in order to achieve credibility, will send them to leaders in the field all over the world. And those leaders in the field will either say, it's great or it's terrible. But more often than not, they'll say, we have issues with this data set. Let's try to prove that what you're saying is true. So we want you to do these additional experiments. You pulled up these fish from the water, but we want you to go elsewhere to see if you pull up the same fish using the same net. We want you to reproduce and validate your work. 
and we want to make sure your scientific method is accurate. So it means it's as close as possible to the truth as we can see. That's why, for example, if we're talking about COVID-19, there wasn't just one vaccine study showing prevention of hospitalizations and deaths. There were lots and lots of them, and they validated one another. We looked at different countries and different geographies. We looked at different ethnicities. We looked at different ages, and we looked at different people from mixed race people to pregnant women, from old to young. And uh, because of your association with Oxford and what had come out, you were you were involved in uh, the COVID early on, weren't you? So I was very lucky. In January 2020, I got together with a company I'd worked with called Benevolent AI in London, and we sat down with the scientists there, and we used their artificial intelligence algorithms, their high-performance computing, able to do things a human brain could never, ever do. And we asked, quite simply, is there an existing drug out there that can be used to treat COVID pneumonia? Because I was hearing from friends in China that there were, and we saw publications about the viral pneumonia originating in Wuhan there, but we knew it was coming to Europe. So this was the early stages of the pandemic. And The Lancet published a couple of pieces we wrote using artificial intelligence, and we found that an existing drug, so we knew its safety profile, a simple once-daily tablet could be used to treat the pneumonia caused by the virus. Now, what was really interesting about that is this drug, baricitinib, was a well-known drug to treat rheumatoid arthritis, and everyone knew that you had this pathogenic cytokine storm in the lungs that caused a lot of harm during the viral infection. So it wasn't a surprise that something that could damp down the immune system may have an effect against the cytokine storm. But what was a surprise and what we couldn't have predicted was the artificial intelligence predicted it could prevent the virus entering cells in the body by blocking a couple of our, of our own proteins. And we published that in January 2020. Now, that was a computer prediction. But we then worked at breakneck speed over the next few weeks and months with people contacting us from all over the world to show that it worked in the laboratory, in little livers and dishes called organoids. But more importantly, it worked in randomized controlled trials in people. And we got it FDA approved in conjunction with Lilly, investigators all over the world, academics and doctors all over the world in nine months after those initial publications in November 2020. That was an emergency use authorization. There's now a full authorization under the US Food and Drug Administration. But it was it's still, to my mind, the drug with the biggest survival benefit, the biggest mortality benefit in hospitalized people with COVID pneumonia. But amongst all the science and amongst all the truth, what it emphasized to me was that teamwork can really achieve amazing things in life. And we, we worked with people all over the world through the night. It was incredibly exciting. But if you remember back to 2020, it was a very, very stressful time as well. Very dark time. Well, we're going to come right back. I'm going to ask you another question about that. Uh, we're going to come back after a short break. We're with Royal College of Physicians fellow, Professor Justin Stebbing, who has authored over 700 peer-reviewed papers in prestigious journals such as Lancet and the New England Journal of Science. Go to our website, thementorsradio.com, and click on list of shows to listen to past shows. Subscribe while you're there so you don't miss any future shows. This is Tom Laurie, and this is The Mentors Radio Show. Hi, I'm the executive producer of The Mentors Radio Show. Usually I'm behind the scenes, but I want to tell you about something special. If you're an entrepreneur like me, you need steady energy and focus. Here's my secret. I rely on science-backed, high-quality, bulletproof collagen protein and other bulletproof products. My sister told me about it. At feelgreat.vip, you can learn the health journey of bulletproof founder Dave Asprey. Find out what sets these products apart from the rest. Nothing can replace the advice of your medical doctor, but good nutrition can absolutely enhance your mood, energy, and focus like it did for me. 
The demands of business, not to mention important time with family and friends, make steady energy so important. With more than 1 million fans, 1 million fans, I'm not alone in recommending Bulletproof. Go to feelgreat.vip. That's VIP, like very special person. Feelgreat.vip to learn more. Are you a small to mid-sized business looking for a tax, accounting, or CFO-level advisor to handle or guide your company's financial decisions? Consider KMLPC. KMLPC excels in creating easy-to-use, customized financial systems for small to mid-sized entrepreneurs and companies, especially nonprofits. KMLPC supports and protects their clients' vital interests, offering a wide range of accounting and bookkeeping services in addition to CFO guidance. They prioritize digital integration and their exceptional staff will make your life and even taxes so much easier. Their client list is a who's who of nonprofits and entrepreneurs, clients who've stayed with them for years and won't go anywhere else. So if you need financial or tax help for your business or nonprofit, contact KMLPC today at KML-PC.com. That's KML-PC.com. KML-PC.com and mention The Mentors. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. This is Tom Laurie, and I'm with the Editor-in-Chief of Nature's Cancer Journal, Oncogene, Professor Justin Stubbing, and we're talking about his journey to becoming a world-class cancer and COVID clinician and researcher. Remember, you can also listen to the show or any previous shows via podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spotify, Google, and more on any device at any time. Subscribe at TheMentorsRadio.com. So we were talking about, and I'll mess it up, I'm sure, Baris Sudamed. You got it. You got it, Tom. You got it. You know, they make... Pharmaceutical companies make the original names of drugs very difficult to pronounce. So you have to use the generic name. So trastuzumab is Herceptin. My favorite one is Ebdafitabide, which is Reapro. But baricitinib is sometimes called Illumiant. I think they're both not so hard. <laughs> so, okay, so now you went through all of this. It got approved. Is it widely used or has, was it widely used? Is it is it widely used today for the variants? So the great thing is, is it's very nonspecific because it works in two ways. It has this dual mechanism. It works to dampen down the cytokine storm, which can cause a lot of damage to the lungs and elsewhere in the body. Explain to, explain to the audience what a cytokine storm is. So what a cytokine storm is, is when the virus that causes COVID infects us, our immune system reacts but it hyperreacts, it overreacts. And our immune cells produce all these chemicals, which can help kill the virus, but they also damage our own tissues. So we need to dampen it down to stop the damage to our own tissues. And this drug can help do that. But what was really interesting is the drug also blocks a couple of processes inside our cells by which the virus enters our cells. So by doing that, it doesn't matter what the variant is. Now, this drug is different to the antibodies and drugs such as Pfizer's Paxlovid, which work to prevent hospitalization. This drug works really well when people are pretty sick with the pneumonia caused by the virus. And on the whole, it stops them going to the intensive care unit and needing ventilation. It pulls people back from that really, really sick phase. Unlike the antibodies, which are variant specific. So when a new variant comes along, they become not very useful. Or drugs such as Paxlovid, which although that's a tablet, it's used before people get to hospital. So the use of this is for people in hospital with pneumonia. And because it's a tablet, it doesn't have many drug to drug interactions. It has a short half-life, which means it disappears from the body very quickly. It's very suitable for use in low and middle income countries. So. Eli Lilly, who's the manufacturer of the drug, sent a lot to India to help them during the pandemic. And it's also very simple to take. It doesn't have a lot of side effects of other drugs such as steroids. And the randomized trials have shown that the data simply shows that it saves lives. Very simple. 
very straightforward. This is Tom Laurie. You're listening to the Mentors Radio Show. We are with UK's Professor Justin Stebbing, who specializes in difficult cancers that have few treatment options. So let's, I, I can hear the excitement in your voice as you're talking about this adventure you went on. Uh, what is it that you find exciting about, what? what is it that you have found to be exciting about your the work you've done and the career you're in? So I know it sounds really corny. I only ever did medicine because I wanted to help people. And whether that was in the leafy suburbs of Oxford or in downtown Baltimore at Johns Hopkins, it, it, you know, it was always such a privilege to do that. Doing research and doing great research, you can actually help thousands of people as opposed to a few by the bedside. But that's what it was about to me. It was always about extending quality and quantity of life. Sometimes you can't always cure people. You can make them live with the disease. But what's become really exciting is now we are genuinely talking about cancers, even ones that have spread in many cases as a curable disease. So we're not actually talking about living with it. We're talking about curing it. So for example, let's say you take HIV which is a massive cause of cancers because it suppresses our immune system. Nowadays, to my mind, HIV is functionally curable. By that, I mean you can have a normal life expectancy with simple antiretrovirals which treat the virus so your immune system becomes reconstituted. That's the sort of progress we're making in cancer. And we seem to be getting to a critical mass with amazing drugs out there that can really, really make a massive difference. These are really stepwise improvements. Historically, developments in science are made in little tiny pieces, like putting pieces of a jigsaw down. Now we're actually seeing with these new immunotherapies that help uncloak the cancer from hiding massive leaps. And it's my understanding, as I've gotten to understand your career, you're one of the uh a few people in the world that people call when they've got patients that there are no alternatives uh, available. Could you talk a little bit about the network and what what, are, what is a typical week like and how does that all work? And Yeah, I mean, I've always throughout my career been referred very, very difficult to treat cancers with no further options. And maybe in some ways, I've over-treated some in the past. It's very difficult sometimes to get exactly the right balance. We know from studies that if you offer people very, very small amounts of hope, they'll want to pursue that. And that's been sometimes difficult in the UK, whereas when I worked at Hopkins in the States, they were proud to keep trying and keep trying. You have to respect an individual's autonomy, the ability they have to make their own decisions and their desires. But sometimes it's a very fine line. And what what would you say is the most exciting aspect of your work? I mean, you talked about this uh, discovery with this uh, drug, and you could hear the excitement in your voice. But as you look back on your career so far, the, those peak moments, what were they? Well, there have been a lot of low moments, but the peak moments have generally been really threefold. Combining science and the clinic together to validate what we see by the bench at the bedside and vice versa, that's been one. The second one is to see truly sick people get better and live productive, healthy lives. And the third one's been just personal, you know, just the pleasure you get from having, I've got two beautiful children, a lovely partner, just being able to reflect on that and having some downtime. We're going to be right back after a short break. We're with Royal College of Physicians fellow, Professor Justin Stebbing, who has authored over 700 peer-reviewed papers at prestigious in prestigious journals such as The Lancet and the New England Journal of Medicine. Remember, you can listen live to our Saturday broadcast anywhere in the world by going to San Francisco 860 The Answer or iHeartRadio. This is Tom Laurie, and this is The Mentors Radio Show. 
lifetime ago, young naval aviator Tom McGuire took the oath of allegiance to support and defend the U.S. Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Now a San Francisco PD homicide inspector, McGuire hadn't thought about the oath in years, but that was all about to change. A famous local newspaper columnist had been murdered. For McGuire, there's an eerie chill of recognition about it, hearkening back to his days as a prisoner of war after being shot down in North Vietnam. A lifetime ago, another young naval pilot took that same oath. Also shot down in battle, he too spent time as a POW, same camp as McGuire. After 30 years, their lives were about to cross once again. But how and why after all these years? Multi-award winning mystery author Dennis Kohler's The Oath can be found online or for an autographed copy at oathbook.org. That's oathbook.org. Oathbook.org. It's a bully, but we aren't afraid of a fight. It's elusive, but our focus never fades. It's deadly, but we were born to defeat cancer. You may not have heard of us, but our work has helped millions impacted by cancer. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. We are leaders in advancing breakthroughs in immunotherapy, genomics, and personalized medicine. This research saves lives. After 65 years of fighting blood cancers, we've arrived at a game-changing belief. The cures for cancer are in our blood. The drugs and treatments we've developed for blood cancers have helped people affected by many different types of cancers. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Beating cancer is in our blood. Learn more at LLS.org. Are you a small to mid-sized business looking for a tax, accounting, or CFO-level advisor to handle or guide your company's financial decisions? Consider KMLPC. KMLPC excels in creating easy-to-use, customized financial systems for small to mid-sized entrepreneurs and companies, especially nonprofits. KMLPC supports and protects their clients' vital interests, offering a wide range of accounting and bookkeeping services in addition to CFO guidance. They prioritize digital integration and their exceptional staff will make your life and even taxes so much easier. Their client list is a who's who of nonprofits and entrepreneurs, clients who've stayed with them for years and won't go anywhere else. So if you need financial or tax help for your business or nonprofit, contact KMLPC today at KML-PC.com. That's KML-PC.com. KML-PC.com and mention The Mentors. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. This is Tom Loy, and I'm with the editor-in-chief of Nature's Cancer Journal, Oncogene, Professor Justin Stubbing, and we're talking about his journey to becoming a world-class cancer and COVID clinician and researcher. So if I were, oh, high school and I know the UK system of education is different. We here we call it high school. I'm thinking about a future. Uh, what would you tell me about a future in uh, science, technology? And obviously, you've got a math background with the AI stuff. Uh, what, what would you tell? What would you tell me about the, a career in the in the STEM area? So I've always thought it was 99% perspiration, 1% inspiration. I've never been that smart. I've always just worked hard. But the sense of curiosity to uncover the truth, whether it's the images from the James Webb Space Telescope looking at stars or the universe being formed billions of years ago, huge objects, or looking at the tiniest objects we can possibly see, inside cells at atomic resolution. I think it's so important just to be curious and I get a sense of awe from science all the time. And to me, it's not just about the answers, it's about asking the right questions. So the advice I would give to a high school student is don't lose your curiosity, work hard and read a lot and ask lots of questions. It's not just about the answers. You know, when you have a baby, you know, when 
one's children are young and sometimes they just ask why all the time. There's a certain beauty in that. And I still think we should maintain that in the most detailed and highest level science that we do. And a very good friend of mine, Ram Sharan, who's been on the show several times, uh, one of the top business consultants in the world has said, those who succeed over time are the ones who are constantly learning and have an insatiable curiosity. I think that fits in exactly with what you're talking about. Completely. You always, always have to ask questions because you can always understand things more and better. And you remind me as you're talking of a tremendous book that I read years ago called The Discoverers by Borstein, who used to be the uh, head of the uh, Library of Congress. And he wrote several books. One of them was The Discoverers. Do you, do you recall that book at all yourself? Right. And when I think about a theme in that book, it's very interesting in that today in society, we don't have Beethoven that you can refer to or Einstein, Galileo or Aristotle, for example. And people often say, where are these individuals? I still think they're there, but the true advances are made as part of teams. In science, the day of an individual, just with the pipette at the bench side, curing cancer and making a massive discovery, I think, are gone. Because these processes and systems and the types of experiments we do, whether it's gene manipulation or genetic synthesis, the types of experiments we do really need large international teams to carry them out successfully. I sit on the board of advisors to the dean of the University of California, San Diego's engineering school. And they've created a new institute now where they're bringing together all the disciplines under one roof to show and demonstrate how working in teams can get to what you're talking about rather than being in silos. Exactly right. And I think a lot of the best research is multidisciplinary. By that, what I mean is it's where engineering and medicine intersect, physics and biology, exactly as you say. And... uh, Dr. Pisano, who's the chair, would also say there's an intersection with the liberal arts. And we're and in some ways, he feels that what we're doing is liberal arts and philosophy. And it's very broad. I, I couldn't agree more, although some people might argue in science, you're looking for something already there. And in arts, you're creating something new. And maybe it's a combination. This is Tom Lohr. You're listening to the Mentors Radio Show. And we're with uh, Professor Justin Stebbing. Uh, Let's uh, switch gears a little bit and talk about, again, your journey. When you were young, uh, what, what were, the, what were the, the keys to you that uh, this is the path to follow? I mean, what were the subject areas, that, where, where you grew up, what influence did it have on you? What were those influences? I always liked science, um, and I just worked hard at school and then one thing led to another and I ended up doing medicine at Oxford. And then I had the opportunity to work at Johns Hopkins. And that, you know, I ended up in Baltimore in 1996 in the middle of the summer with nowhere to live. And that was a culture shop. I was sort of crying on the phone to my parents saying, mommy, bring me home. But people there were so smart and so giving. I had an amazing few years and they worked so hard. And really that led me to where I am because at the time I realized I only really like dealing with serious diseases that affect men and women of all ages where you could make a difference, but there was where there was a marriage of research and patient care, which led me into cancer medicine. And I then started publishing a lot, focusing on the role of the immune system in cancer although we didn't have these amazing immunotherapies like we have today. And then I started using them. And I saw a large number of patients who were told, if you'd like to go to a hospice and die, that are still alive and well today, stable and doing well on these drugs, where their cancer has become a chronic disease that they live with, as opposed to one that they die with. Now, that's not always the case, but... I was recently in San Francisco 
looking at one company's drugs called Agenus, and they have a new immunotherapy where we can now see responses in patients who have progressed on previous immunotherapies. So to see things like that is incredibly exciting. You can actually see what the future holds. So different to chemotherapy, which can also poison the body. Yeah, I think uh, for the audience, uh, just a short note that it's the hope, I think, for all of us that immunotherapy, as we learn, I mean, it took 100 years for immunotherapy to come into its own. It's a great story about how it was first got started in the 1880s, but so really relatively new, 12 years old. But the the goal is to get rid of radiation therapy and chemotherapy if we can and use the body as it was designed to do, right? Absolutely right. In 1911, Ehrlich and Magnetov won the Nobel Prize for the immune escape theory of cancer. They said that we all develop cancers, but our immune systems cleared them. And we weren't sure about that. But then in the 1960s at the Dana-Farber after kidney transplants, when people were immunosuppressed, they developed lymphomas. And then the HIV pandemic that I talked about was first noticed in San Francisco with Kaposi sarcoma, skin tumor in young men, just like in the film Philadelphia. But we know that if you treat the immune system successfully, the cancer goes away. What these drugs are really clever at, though, is they uncloak the cancer, a bit like in Star Trek, because cancer is very clever at hiding from the immune system. And these drugs remove the protective cloak over the cancers. Now, we met, Tom, you and I, because we both have an affinity for the company Bryologics, where they have a drug which also helps with the uncloaking of cancer. And so all of this fits together and to me represents the future. We're going to come right back and talk some more with Justin Stebbing, who is a Royal College of Physicians fellow, and he is a prestigious cancer and COVID researcher. This is Tom Laurie, and this is the Mentors Radio Show. A lifetime ago, young naval aviator Tom McGuire took the oath of allegiance to support and defend the U.S. Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Now a San Francisco PD homicide inspector, McGuire hadn't thought about the oath in years, but that was all about to change. A famous local newspaper columnist had been murdered. For McGuire, there's an eerie chill of recognition about it, hearkening back to his days as a prisoner of war after being shot down in North Vietnam. A lifetime ago, another young naval pilot took that same oath. Also shot down in battle, he too spent time as a POW, same camp as McGuire. After 30 years, their lives were about to cross once again. But how and why after all these years? Multi-award winning mystery author Dennis Kohler's The Oath can be found online or for an autographed copy at oathbook.org. That's oathbook.org oathbook.org. It's Karen, executive producer of The Mentors Radio, and we're thrilled to have My Pillow back as a sponsor. All of us here are huge fans of Mike Lindell's products. When I got fed up with the chemical smell of other pillows, I figured my pillows made in the US. I'll give them a try. That was years ago. Now I own six pillows. I use their cotton towels, their 100% Giza cotton bed sheets, and I give them away as Christmas gifts. Every product has exceptional quality and attention to detail. Towels are thick, absorbent. Sheets are soft, smooth, high thread count. Our radio host, Tom, and everyone we know who's tried these products has the same experience. Use our code MENTORS to get a 60-day money-back guarantee and up to 60% discount. Go to MyPillow.com forward slash mentors. You must include the code MENTORS. That's MyPillow.com forward slash mentors or click the banner on our website. And now... Back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. This is Tom Loy, and I'm with Editor-in-Chief of Nature's Cancer Journal Oncogene, Professor Justin Stebbing, and we're talking about his journey to becoming a world-class cancer and COVID clinician and researchers. So we've talked about a lot of the positive things. Let's talk a little bit, I mean, the ups and downs. Nothing's easy. Let's talk a little bit about the dark times. Tell us a little bit about your journey in the dark times. So I went through 
what would be described as a medical tribunal with a lot of delays for over-treating patients over five years ago. And it took forever. And it was pretty dark. A lot of people I thought were my friends crossed the road to avoid me. Not, I didn't want anything from them, but a lot of people. And it was very, very lonely. Um, I ended up having a nine-month suspension of my medical license. And it was hard. And I know a lot of doctors that go through this, not personally, end up actually committing suicide. So a very prominent psychiatrist in London did so a few weeks ago who I knew. And I wanted to give back to that system. So I now work as a volunteer somewhere called The Listening Place, which gives face-to-face support for people that feel that life is no longer living. We don't give advice. It's a safe, non-judgmental, confidential, courageous place. And we listen and listening is much more than being silent keeping in mind that we don't give advice we actively listen we ask questions and hopefully and these are often very vulnerable individuals that feel like they've reached the end of the road hopefully we make a difference um i love doing that the training was very rigorous actually and um I think it's really, really important. It's led me to a place where the attribute I most value in other people is actually kindness, as opposed to success or talent or intelligence. It's actually kindness. Well, the issue that you, first of all, everyone has, every journey is different, obviously. And I've been in healthcare for over 45 years, and I've known a number of doctors who have gotten uh, put on the back burner and suffered greatly. And I would call you, uh, the term I would use for you is you're the wounded prophet. In our, in our woundedness, we can help others. And people should remember that, that when you're going through a tough time, uh, you're being open for being open to other people that are going through similar things. And in that way, you really can have a big impact on people. Um, now, you, you do something at four o'clock in the morning, uh, because I get them. Uh, you have these newsletters that you send out every almost every day, if not every day. And Definitely I, I every day, Tom. And I'm a I'm a writer too. And I look at the material and also the breadth of subjects that you cover. And I go, wow, where do you find the time to do that? Where how do you tell it? I mean, that's you pack a lot into those uh, updates. It's just perspiration or inspiration. I wake up early ever since I was at Hopkins where we used to round at 5.30 in the morning. It just became a habit of mine. And as opposed to waking up early and feeling sorry for myself, I just write and I gather sources from all over the literature, from the scientific journals to various websites, just to put scientific knowledge out there. And a lot of it's focused on COVID. The great thing is, if you fully understand COVID, you understand everything from virology and molecular biology to trials and statistics and regulation and geopolitics. So science can serve as a model framework for thinking about things and problems. And hopefully some people enjoy reading it. That's all. Well, the subjects I went back through uh, my file, and you've covered COVID, drug pricing, climate change, origins of the universe, computing and quantum theory, history, epidemiology, and monkeypox. And I'm sure there are many others that I haven't covered, but that's just going back over the last 60 days and the ones that I've received. So that's quite a lot of breadth. I hope so. I mean, I'm, al- I'm always learning. And one of the best ways to learn is to try to explain things to others, I think. You always know if you understand something, if you can explain it simply to others. There's many things, for example, around quantum theory that I struggle to explain simply to others. And the reason why that is, is because I don't understand it well enough myself. It's a quantum theory is a fascinating subject area to wrap your head around. And 
the whole subject of time and what is time is a fascinating subject to wrap your head around, which gets into quantum theory. But I, I, I read everything I can about time. I think time is such a fascinating subject and what it is. Um, you know, it's, well, it's the fourth dimension, right? Right. So some you, people would say we have many more dimensions than that. I personally think that there may be uh, beyond the fourth. There's five or six, number five, and there's number six. I, I'm fascinated. Well, I, I think there's a whole world out there that I call the unseen that I'm very curious about. Well, we're uh, still looking for dark matter in the universe. Um, we're still a lot of quantum physics theories need the existence of dark matter to prove the accuracy, but we haven't found that yet. But if you think about it, Higgs wrote his original theories in the 60s, and only in the last decade have we been able to experimentally prove them. That is the beauty of science. Yep. So what do you do to unwind? <laughs> I just see friends. I support the world's greatest ever soccer team called Chelsea Football Club, which historically could snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. <laughs> I have two beautiful boys, a nice partner, and... I just love relaxing and hanging out. And I'm known for watching really, really trashy, terrible movies from, you know, Notting Hill and Four Weddings to The Holiday to, dare I say it, Legally Blonde and Zoolander. <laughs> and I know you um, do some consulting with a couple of uh, investment firms. Could you talk I a do. little bit? Yeah, tell us a little bit about that activity. So, yeah, I work with a couple of investment firms just trying to help them invest in the right healthcare companies. I mean, not everything works out well in biotech and there's huge risks involved, but it's very satisfying when I visited in 2010, 11 Moderna in Boston and was utterly wowed by their science and invested there. And you can see the fruits of that. Um, where we're, we're having mRNA, not just for COVID vaccines and RSV vaccines now, but maybe cancer as well. And to me, it's just trying to incorporate science into the way of thinking. It's not just a spreadsheet of P&L balance sheets and cash flow, but it's also what are the molecular patterns that are occurring? What's the situation with patterns, for example, and how I can help with that? But again, it's just I'm part of a team there. It's it's really just trying to give them my best advice. And sometimes good people know how to do things. Better ones know when to, but the best ones know when not to. And <laughs> last year, in, certainly in the biotech market, it was absolutely brutal. Yes, it was. Um, we're going to come back in a few minutes. We're with uh, Justin Stebbing, who's a professor and a, a fellow with the Royal College of Physicians. Uh, this is Tom Laurie, and this is The Mentors Radio Show. Hi, I'm the executive producer of The Mentors Radio Show. Usually I'm behind the scenes, but I want to tell you about something special. If you're an entrepreneur like me, you need steady energy and focus. Here's my secret. I rely on science-backed, high-quality, bulletproof collagen protein and other bulletproof products. My sister told me about it. At feelgreat.vip, you can learn the health journey of Bulletproof founder, Dave Asprey. Find out what sets these products apart from the rest. Nothing can replace the advice of your medical doctor, but good nutrition can absolutely enhance your mood, energy, and focus, like it did for me. The demands of business, not to mention important time with family and friends, make steady energy so important. With more than 1 million fans, 1 million fans, I'm not alone in recommending Bulletproof. Go to feelgreat.vip. That's VIP, like very special person. Feelgreat.vip to learn more. It's Karen, executive producer of The Mentors Radio, and we're thrilled to have MyPillow back as a sponsor. All of us here are huge fans of Mike Lindell's products. When I got fed up with the chemical smell of other pillows, I figured my pillows made in the U.S. I'll give them a try. That was years ago. Now I own six pillows. I use their cotton towels, their 100% Giza cotton bed sheets, and I give them away as Christmas gifts. Every product has exceptional quality and attention to detail. 
Towels are thick, absorbent. Sheets are soft, smooth, high thread count. Our radio host Tom and everyone we know who's tried these products has the same experience. Use our code MENTORS to get a 60-day money-back guarantee and up to 60% discount. Go to MyPillow.com forward slash mentors. You must include the code mentors. That's MyPillow.com forward slash mentors or click the banner on our website. Are you a small to mid-sized business looking for a tax, accounting, or CFO level advisor to handle or guide your company's financial decisions? Consider KMLPC. KMLPC excels in creating easy-to-use, customized financial systems for small to mid-sized entrepreneurs and companies, especially non profits. KMLPC supports and protects their clients' vital interests, offering a wide range of accounting and bookkeeping services in addition to CFO guidance. They prioritize digital integration and their exceptional staff will make your life and even taxes so much easier. Their client list is a who's who of nonprofits and entrepreneurs, clients who've stayed with them for years and won't go anywhere else. So if you need financial or tax help for your business or nonprofit, contact KMLPC today at kml-pc.com. That's kml-pc.com. kml-pc.com. And mention the mentors. And now, back to the mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. This is Tom Laurie, and I'm with the editor-in-chief of Nature's Cancer Journal, Oncogene. Professor Justin Stubbing, and we're talking about his journey to becoming a world-class cancer and COVID clinician and researcher. So you, you've written a book. Tell us a little bit about your book. So it was just, it was called Witness to COVID um, with a foreword from Sid Mukherjee, who's a great friend who won the Pulitzer Prize for the Emperor of All Maladies. And it's basically my diary, my daily updates you mentioned in 2020 but with a focus on how we found baricitinib was a great COVID treatment, how we took it from the artificial intelligence to the laboratory bench, to the patient's bedside, showing in randomized trials that it worked and saved lives through the FDA clearance process, the approval process in 2020. So it's basically a diary of that. But the one lesson from that diary is it's basically about collaboration, teamwork, and working super hard at supersonic speed. And it shows what can be done when there's a will. Yeah, the will is a big part of that. Right. That's, that, that's the and thing. You have that people... to believe in it. Yep. You have to believe in it. And, you know, if you're happy at work, people are prepared. And I think about my juniors when I think about this. If people are happy at work, they're prepared to work really, really hard, and you can get so much more from people. I I fully agree. And, and I always found, because I'm usually running a company, is a vision. You want to create a vision for people that they can buy into, that they can see that they're doing something meaningful and purposeful. Right. Uh, it's that when people know they're doing something that has great meaning, they, are, they will uh, get through some very tough times with you. Absolutely. Um, so... Dale Carnegie, are you familiar with Dale Carnegie? I am not. I do. He wrote a book about how to influence, how to win friends and influence people uh, <laughs> that has been around for 100 years and sells a ton of books every year. In that, he made a comment and he said that uh, a lot, most people don't really, I thought I had it here, but don't really live life. What do you, what do you think about that? You know, it's, it's funny, isn't it, about living life? Oh, it, it dep- you only live once can mean so many different things to different people. So you only live once can mean, oh, just go out, have an amazing time, live for the moment, doesn't matter what the consequences your, of your actions are, all the way to the other side of the spectrum, which can mean be really, really careful and consequence-driven because a butterfly flapping its wings in one place can cause a hurricane thousands of miles away by a chaos there is, you know. Yep. And I'm not one of those super happy people. I'm really happy working, for example. But I, what's important, when I see, we're never going to look back on our lives and say we wish we'd worked harder. 
We might say we wish we'd spend more time with our children, for example. But again, at the other side of that, we may say we wish we'd achieved more. And it's difficult to put all those things together. I really respect choices individuals make. I think that autonomy, the ability of an individual to make up their mind, provided it doesn't hurt other people, is so important in life. But I really don't have all the answers. I really don't. And I just try my best. And sometimes I don't do a very good job of that. So is there anything about which you often say, well, maybe one day? I would love to make a real timeless difference to cancer. I really, really would. And this is a few days ago, I was playing a game of backgammon with in a little backgammon tournament with this lovely elderly lady called Diane. And she found out what I did. And she said to me, my father discovered chemotherapy. And I said, was your father Colonel Stuart Alexander? And she said, that was my father. And just the ability of some people to make a difference is profound. And I don't have to be one of those people, but I want to be at least one of the people that learns from those people. Well, great. That's it. We're going to have to close off here. Thank you, Justin, for sharing your story with me. We've been with London-based Professor Justin Stebbing. We've been discussing his journey to becoming a top cancer and COVID expert. He's got a book that he talked about. We'll post a link to that book on our show notes on the website. Make sure you go there. And when you're there, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future shows. You can also listen to us online, any device, anytime on any podcast platform. Join us next week at the same time for the next edition of The Mentors Radio. Until then, this is Tom Laurie signing off for today. Remember to be all you can be and keep the candle lit for all who struggle in the darkness. It's been The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. To get more information about the program or a sponsor, to download a podcast of today's show, or to leave a question for our host, go to TheMentorsRadio.com. That's www.TheMentorsRadio.com. The preceding program, copyright CBJ, LLC. All rights reserved.